Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Dan Orlovsky in just a minute on the Shell Penzoil performance line. That's where Heather Dinich just was. Well, she's really good. We did put her through the mental gymnastics, figuring out what tonight is going to mean when they put out the initial rankings of these college teams. And we all know the only thing I'm concerned about there, obviously, is not where Northwestern is, but like, can they, do, is there a path? Do they have a path? And the obvious answer is yes, we do. So I'm good with that, regardless of where it all falls tonight, but I'm looking forward to watching it. Quick thing I want to mention, uh, and that is not only that uh, this radio show every single day is a podcast, it's called Hashtag Greeny, and you can uh, download it and and hear it every single day. They do each hour as its own separate little podcast. You can check that out, Hashtag Greeny, anywhere you get your podcasts. But the last installment for this season of my interview podcast called I'm Interested just went up today. You can can download it easily if, if you don't have access to it right off my Twitter page. Um, and my interview was with Tom Rinaldi today. And let me tell you, with, with, with no playing favorites, this one's about as good as anything I've ever done. The interview, and it has nothing to do with me, it's all Rinaldi. That guy is fascinating. He's so smart and so insightful and so interesting and so funny. And there is a little celebrity discussion at the very end that I think you will find fascinating if it's a story you don't already know. So all that and more is available on the podcast. I'm interested, which you can check out, uh, available starting today. Okay, so that's the business piece of this. Now let me get down to business. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, and the Straight Talk is this. At some point, it is either going to become Brady or Bruce in Tampa, and that point should be now. Right now. Bruce Arians is the reason Jameis Winston doesn't have a job today. Bruce Arians, no risk it, no biscuit, has turned Tom Brady into a turnover machine. He has already thrown more interceptions than he threw all of last year on a team with zero weapons. Tom Brady should not be playing quarterback the way Bruce Arians has him playing quarterback. And somehow Bruce Arians has decided his vision of what football is supposed to look like which, by the way, has a track record of no success winning championships, none. As I know, he was the offensive coordinator on teams that won the championships because of their defense, but let's not sell him short. I'm not diminishing him, but what I'm saying is he is somehow looking at this and saying, well, I've got Tom Brady, the way he's always done it, has won six championships and nine Super Bowl appearances. I got the way I've always done it, hasn't won bupkis. I'm going with my way. I'm going to have Tom take five and seven step drops and heave the damn ball right down the field. And as a consequence, he has thrown Brady inexplicably, unimaginably, has thrown more passes of 20 or more yards this season than any other quarterback in football. Whose idea is this? What the actual heck are they doing? That's the question. Let's try and get the answer. Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. My buddy Dan Orlovsky understands this stuff as well as absolutely anyone, and I'm dying to hear his perspective on it. Dan, with me here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Dan, so you heard my setup. I went sort of in-depth into that in my first hour today, and I just want to hear from your perspective. Do I have that right, or do you see it differently? No, you're spot on, Greeny. You know, uh, a couple weeks ago on NFL Live, we did this thing where – hey, we had to pick uh, the NFC top, right? The favorite to the NFC, the four or five top teams, and we had to give what their fatal flaw was going to be. And I had the Bucks, And I said their fatal flaw would be the on- offensive coaching. And you talked about the, the deep ball last night. They ran 67 snaps offensively last night. And I have been on this kind of tear of the NFL right now and saying 
The best offenses in the NFL, the best ones are the ones that use pre-step motion at a, a heavy rate, a ton, because of what it does for offense. It creates matchups. It creates leverage. It gives defenses something to look at with confusion. They ran 67 snaps in motion six times last night. Six. I mean, that is coaching malpractice. It's inexcusable. And so why aren't you doing that enough offensively? And then if we, if we just went for a broad picture, a broad question and asked, hey, Bucks offensively, what do they do poorly? Like, what is your weakness offensively? Anyone that's watched them would say, well, they don't throw the deep ball very well. They sometimes hit on it, but it's not something they do at a high success rate. Naturally, your number one goal as a coach should be, well, I'm not going to do that a lot. Like, we, we don't do it well, so I'm not going to do it a lot. And they do it a ton. They did it a ton last night. So the weakness of this football team is its offensive coaching. Bruce Arians has seen this offense work before, has seen this offense be successful with other players. And he's like, nope, I'm not going to change. I'm going to demand that we run it because I've seen it work. And the last thing I would say is this. They are so dependent on an incredibly high level of execution because of the lack of pre-step motion, that's why they fail. They're so dependent on 70 snaps, we got to execute at an incredibly high level for 68 of them, and that's unrealistic. That's so well said, and this is why you're so good. And you mentioned NFL Live. Everyone should be watching you and Marcus and Mina and Laura and everybody 4 o'clock Eastern time every day on ESPN. But let me put numbers to what you just said, because you're exactly right, and Hembo gave me the numbers. This season, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady has attempted more passes of 20 yards downfield or more than any quarterback in the NFL. He's also been incomplete on those passes more times than any quarterback in the NFL. They are 31st in the league in third and long. 31st. Only the Cowboys are worse. So they are, they are just playing into the things they do badly. And look, the, the, the reputation of Bruce Arians is he believes every play he draws up should be a touchdown and it's the players who screw it up. And that's what we're watching. And at the end of the day, if this season goes down the tubes, which, Dan, it feels like it's doing right now, they're probably hopelessly behind New Orleans, which means the yeah. best they can do is be the five seed, which means three road playoff games, which basically means that's it for them this year. Then I think it's going to be very interesting to see what they decide to do from there because Brady will be 44 next year, but I don't think he's the problem. I completely agree. And I, I – like, um, I think Tampa Bay is going to be a really good team. I, I think they're going to make the playoffs. And I said yesterday morning, like, okay, I think we was with you guys. Like, what team do you believe in in the NFC? And I said, I still believe in Tampa Bay. Like, I still think that they have shown me the, the highest levels of dominance. And then I'm watching that game last night, and I'm going, no, three weeks ago I said this coaching staff was going to hold them back. And the way that they went about it, and I'm watching this game going, I know. I, like, I'm watching the Rams going, Okay, this, got, this is a fantastic secondary. They got one of the best secondaries in football. The last thing I'm going to do is throw it 40-something times. Like, that's the last thing I'm going to do. And I, I finally said to myself, like, no, Dan, just because I'm emotionally, like, because I thought Tom was going to go to Tampa Bay, and I picked them to play in the Super Bowl in July, I got to be able to move off the fact that they aren't the cream of the crop when it comes to the NFC right now. And it's because of their coaching. And if their coaching hasn't changed up until this point, I don't think how it's going to change or don't see how it's going to change by January. Greeny and Dan Orlovsky with you, <clears throat> excuse me, on ESPN Radio. As far as the team that beat them last night, the Rams look really good. 
And Greg McElroy this morning on Get Up did a really good breakdown of the similarities between this year's Rams and last year's 49ers, a team that went to the Super Bowl. They both have young, dynamic, offensive-minded coaches. They both have talented quarterbacks who you sometimes worry about, who you sometimes have to play around. They both have extraordinary defensive lines where they get a ton of pressure. They both have good physical secondaries. There were a few other similarities. I'm forgetting what they all were. I'm doing it off the top of my head. But I guess this is a long-winded way of me asking you the question, how do you like the Rams this year as you look at the NFC contenders? Yeah, I love the Rams. I thought the Rams would win the division, you know, in August, you know, preseason. Um, And I think the biggest difference is, you know, the growth of their defense has been spectacular. Like Leonard Floyd comes over from Chicago, and he was – you know, probably not as good as Chicago expected him to be. He's been an incredible addition. Kaiser at linebacker has been huge for them. Jalen Ramsey has upped his game this year. He has upped his game as a corner. And so when you're going, wow, the defense has come along. And then the young offensive line has played really, really, really well. I think this about the Rams. Sean McVay is the best coach in the NFL at knowing exactly what is needed to win that football game that they're playing in. And that's dangerous. When you mix that with talent, that's dangerous. That's a, that's a very scary football team because if you look at that game, you're going, well, he knows they got a dominant defensive line in Tampa, so they're not even going to run the ball. Oh, well, maybe they'll go a ton of play action. Nope, because you got to hold the ball versus play action. Not good versus dominant defensive line. It was just pitch and catch, pitch and catch, pitch and catch. And I think that when you talk about this coaching and now that we get into December and into playoff football, there's a lot of things that we always point to that say – difference makers weather sometimes can you run the football that but then coaching is at the top of the list and I think that this is as well coached a football team top to bottom offensive defensive special teams as we have in the NFC and so I love the Rams I think that it's the Rams and the Saints as the two best teams in the conference right along with Green Bay into that conversation Seattle's probably a little bit in that conversation Tampa's in that conversation but I think the Rams and, and um, New Orleans are at the top. Greeny and Orlovsky with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. He's on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. You know who's not in that conversation is anyone in the NFC East. And yet someone is going to wind up winning that division. And you said something on Get Up yesterday that I brought back on the radio show because I thought it was interesting that as we sit and we look at 3-7, and 3-7, and 3-7, and 3-6-1, and the team that, had, that probably went into the season with as big a question at the quarterback position as any of them, is the one you say you now actually think you feel the most confident in, and that is the Giants with Daniel Jones. That fascinated me, and we didn't have time to get into it on TV, but we do now. What are you seeing in him, and do you think the Giants are the team that ultimately wins that division? Yeah, what I'm seeing with Daniel Jones and why I think that like he's in the best place is because he just has to play good. There is not the necessity for Daniel Jones to play really, really, really good or great football because this is a team offensively that's probably got the second-best skill group out of that that division. You're talking about Shep and Golden Tate and Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram. So you've got guys to get the ball to behind Dallas. They'd be second in the division. And then they've got the most consistent and reliable defense. And their defense has been trending towards being like a top third defense in the league. And so you just need good, solid football from Daniel Jones. Alex Smith needs to play really good in Washington. And Andy Dalton's going to have to play really good in Dallas. And Carson Wentz has got to play great football in Philly for them to win. And if, if that doesn't happen, I don't think that those rosters of those other three teams are good enough. And so Daniel Jones, two straight games of 
playing good football, playing you know turnover-free, valuing the football. Their schedule is not brutal. And I point to them as a, a team that I think that their coach has a great feel for their football team and trusts their players. I think that their players trust their coach. I don't care what happened with the offensive line coach. I'm on, it's unfortunate. I wish it didn't happen, but the head coach made his decision. And if they continue to stack some wins together, I know they only have three, but like their schedule's not brutal. And so if, if I have to sit here and go, what team, what team do I believe in the most right now? I think it's the Giants because they're the most complete one. Yeah, I mean, they could so easily have won uh, several of the games they've lost recently, including one against Tampa. If they wind up winning that game, if they get that two-point conversion at the end, then the conversation today feels completely different. One more thing I want to ask you, and, and, you know, look, after the fact, it becomes very easy to make it seem as though you're second-guessing something when, when you've seen the result. And the injury to Joe Burrow has really nothing to do with the question because, The injury he got was on a hit that could have happened in the first game of the season. But there have been people, and and Rex said it yesterday on TV with us, Dan, that have questioned, and he isn't the only one I've heard do it, question the way they handled him, that they put too much on him as a rookie. And again, now he's hurt, and it's a terrible shame that he's hurt. And, And those two things don't necessarily have to go together. But I guess I'm asking you, do you have any issue with the way Joe Burrow was handled in Cincinnati this year? No, I don't. You know, like, listen, uh, I think that that football team and organization was trying to rebuild its culture. They're trying to figure out as many ways as they can to go win football games. This is a place that, you know, a second-year head coach, you got a superstar at quarterback. Like, what are they supposed to do with Joe? Are they supposed to, okay, we know the best chance for us to win football games, and all you other guys practicing really hard and putting in the time in during the week – you guys all know that the best chance for us to win games is to throw it around a little bit. And you can't ask everybody to have an incredible amount of effort, but then not play to win the game. But also, and then also, or not just play Joe, like you're not going to turn around and hand it off a ton or sit him. And so like, I, I see, I get it because you're sitting there going, okay, he was hit a ton and they threw the ball a ton. Dan, that can't be okay. No, I don't love that, but I understand it. Like I understand it. And I, I wish more as much as anybody that it didn't happen. I understand and can appreciate why their organization was going about playing the games that they did. And I can see the point of it should have been, they should have tried to do it differently, but two things can't coincide. You can't be trying to reestablish a culture of winning an expectation of winning and the habits of winning, but then not go out and do what's best to try and win. Dan Orlovsky again uh, today and every day with NFL Live 4 Eastern on ESPN and with me on TV as often as I can possibly get him. Danny, thank you. Have a great show today. And if I don't see you, a very happy Thanksgiving to you and your beautiful family. You're the best, Green. Same to you, buddy. All right, that's Dan Orlovsky with me here. I've so enjoyed getting to know him over the last year and a half or so. And um, and and I think his quarterback uh, breakdowns and stuff like that are as good as absolutely anyone's. Greeny with you. Download the DraftKings app now and use my name, Greeny, as the code. You'll get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Can I admit something to you, by the way, somewhat sheepishly? So yesterday I put this poll question up on my Twitter page. I do that from time to time. I feel like it's, you know, it's nice. It, it, it sort of provokes conversation amongst us here. So I put a question up, and I really didn't think it was as completely one-sided as the result turned out to be. 
The question was, if you had to bet an amount of money that mattered to you, which way do you think this would go? The Steelers will go unbeaten or the Jets will go winless. 90% of the vote came in Jets go winless. Now, I agree with that. I would vote that way. And I think it's worth pointing out that it's probably a somewhat disproportionate number of my Twitter followers who are Jet fans. But still, 90 to 10. I will admit, I was not expecting it to be that one-sided. And the primary reason is, I think the Steelers have a pretty good shot of going unbeaten. You watch them play right now, and you tell me where they're going to lose. Because they need to win. Let there be no question about it. The one seed has never been more important in the NFL than it is right now. And they have one game worth of cushion over Kansas City. Should the Chiefs lose a game, that might change a little. Because then the Steelers might rest people at the end of the season. But their schedule, the rest of the way, they play the Ravens Thursday night. The Ravens are reeling. They're on the road on a short week, and they have these COVID issues. So I think that's a very winnable game for Pittsburgh. They get the Washington football team. That's a win. Then they're at Buffalo. There's your first spot you could see them losing. Then they play Cincinnati. They crushed them with Joe Burrow. They'll win that game easily without. Home against the Colts. That's certainly losable. And they finish with the Browns, who they obliterated earlier this season. And one would expect that when they played the Browns, where was the score? 38-7. to I would expect them to win that game if they need it. So the caveats here are, do they need to win at the end of the season? Mike Tomlin feels like the kind of guy to me who'd want to go 16-0. He feels to me like he'd want that. Like they'd go for it, even if they had already wrapped everything up. So could they lose to Buffalo? Sure. Could they lose to the Colts? Of course they could. But those would be the spots that you could see them losing. Where do you see the Jets winning? The other side of that is that. They host the Dolphins this week. The Dolphins desperately need to win this game. They've had this, you know, crazy week. They're not going to, the Jets are definitely not going to win that game. Then they host the Raiders. The Raiders are going to wipe the field with them. They're going to play Seattle. Russell Wilson will, will throw five touchdowns. They're going to play the Rams. The Jets will probably get shut out. They get the Browns. The Browns will probably be playing for their playoff lives that second to last week of the season, so they'll be desperate. The Browns will, I think, should be a 10-point favorite. So it might come down to the last week of the season, a completely meaningless game in Foxborough with Bill Belichick a chance to take this franchise that he has always hated, he hates the Jets, for a chance to deal them their 16th loss. I think there's a good chance it comes down to that. So that's why I said, if I had to bet on one side or the other, I would bet on the Jets losing out before I would bet on the Steelers winning out. But I think the Steelers have a very good chance, a very good chance, especially if they need the games. Because the one seed, to make sure everyone remembers this, in years past, there's always been two buys. There's only one this time. So if you're Pittsburgh, the difference between the one seed and the two seed is the difference between sitting and watching the first round of the playoffs and then inviting everybody to your place the rest of the way or opening up that first weekend with some dangerous team. Like the last thing in the world you want is like Derrick Henry coming into your stadium. You've got the two seed. Imagine you're 15-1, and you're the two seed, and here comes Derrick Henry into your stadium the first weekend of the playoffs while Patrick Mahomes is busy watching. I think the Steelers are going to go all out to try and win out. And I think they have a chance to do it. Are you familiar with Peyton's Places? That's Peyton Manning's show. It's back for season two. The Emmy-nominated series returns this Sunday 
With 15 new episodes, Peyton takes you on a journey through football's most iconic moments. It's exclusively on ESPN+. You can sign up now at ESPNplus.com. ESPN Plus is also where you can stream this show every single day and all of the other shows from here on ESPN Radio. Okay, up next, it's your turn. I've done a lot of talking today. I want to hear from you. The segment that we do next is called, What Do You Want to Know? I will take your questions about sports. Whatever it is you want to know, if you can get past Nuno, you can get to me. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Give me a call. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Grady with you at half past the hour, coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17 as we approach Thanksgiving in a year unlike any other in the history of our lives. And tomorrow we'll talk a little bit about some of the things I think we have to be thankful for, both inside and outside the world of sports. I think this year, as much as any other, it's important to think about that. I think we've all spent a lot of time thinking about the things that we have lost and that we sometimes regret based upon the year that we've had. And that's natural. It's just human nature. But I think it makes the opportunity or the... um, sort of the impetus to think about the things that we're thankful for, more important than ever, more than ever. So I want to do a special show about that tomorrow, and I look forward to doing that. But in the meantime, I look forward to having a conversation with you here. Let's do What's On Your Mind, which is brought to you by My Computer Career, Training for a Better Life. And today's version of What's On Your Mind is a simple one. It's just the question, what do you want to know? I will do my best to answer any sports question you may have. And it starts with Tim. Tim, you're on ESPN Radio. Tim, what do you want to know? Well, Greeny, I want to know why Bruce Arians is considered such a quarterback guru. If you look at Carson Palmer, Jameis Winston, Andrew Luck, and soon-to-be Tom Brady, all four of those quarterbacks had their highest interceptions of the year, the year Bruce Arians was coaching them. You know, if you look at this team, they have added Brady... Gronk, Fournette, and Antonio Brown. Do you remember that show, Pimp My Ride? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That 83 Cadillac, even though you put a stereo system in it and rims in it and all, you glamored it up, it's still an 83 Cadillac. This team reminds me a lot of that Lakers team that got Carl Malone, Gary Payton, Kobe was there, Shaq was there. Everything was great, right? And then the San Antonio Spurs beat them. Tampa Bay, if they get into the playoffs, they're going to lose in that opening game. I'll guarantee it. It's a, this is a recipe for disaster. And I'm laughing my butt off because everybody thought Brady still had it. Brady, you don't have nothing. 
So, Tim, I agree and disagree. I'm not sure if what's what's on your mind. The question is, what do you want to know? And you didn't really ask me a question, but I enjoyed the soliloquy nonetheless. So I let it go. But let me tell you the two places you have it wrong. One of them, that Laker team didn't lose to San Antonio. That Laker team lost in the finals to Detroit. Second, and I think more importantly, I don't think Brady's done. I don't think Brady's the problem. Is Brady what he was 10 years ago? Of course not. He's 43 years old. But when he's 63, he'll still be able to do a three-step drop and find the right guy based upon the defense and the coverage. What he can't do is go five and seven-step drops right now and fling it down there, no risk it, no biscuit. Now, Rex said it with me on TV. No risky, no biscuit, no cluey. That's what they've got going on. The problem in Tampa right now is the offense, the strategy, the philosophy, the game planning. It's the coach. And unless he does what Brady does, a good coach takes advantage of the strengths and diminishes the weaknesses of his players. That's the opposite of what Arians is doing. Arians is is trying to make Brady do it the way he, Arians, believes it should be done and then blaming everyone else for getting it wrong. That's not good coaching. And that's the problem in Tampa. Greeny with you here. 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. Brad, you're next on ESPN Radio. Brad, what do you want to know? Hey, good morning, Greeny. Well, good afternoon to you. First, I just want to shout out all the delivery drivers. Keep your head up. It's peak season. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you're making somebody's day. But I mm-hmm. want to know why nobody's talking about Tom Brady and his post-game uh, antics, man. I, you can't be a sore loser. You, you already recognize as the greatest quarterback of all time. You know that the younger generation is watching you and almost every move that you make, it was just a bad look on his part, man. I wish he would just stop doing it. I'm a Tom Brady fan um, because I'm a Michigan fan, unfortunately. But you gotta you gotta do better, man. That's just my opinion about it. Because if it was Odell Beckham or if it was Cam Newton, we'll be dragging him today. So yes, thanks, man. That's fair. I, 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 I'm not a hundred percent sure if you're talking about the lack of a handshake at the end of the game or not. Because there's also the sideline stuff. There's both of those things with Brady. Brady has been known to light up people on the sideline. And when he does, he's a fiery leader. And we give credit. When when the team then plays better, we say, look, Brady's inspirational speech is the reason. And now people are making a big deal of the fact that he's not shaking hands with the opposing quarterback after games. I don't really know exactly what that's about. What I will say is, I appreciate the call and I appreciate the thought. And you're right. Do we hold different players to different standards based upon, largely based upon their body of work? as people and and their accomplishments as players? Sure we do. That's just life. But the bigger question here is, is Brady washed? I don't think he is. But it doesn't look good. Now, again, I believe it's the offense. If they ran his offense and he played like this, then we have to be looking at Brady. I appreciate the call. 888-SAY-ESPN is the phone number. Eric, you are next on ESPN Radio. Eric, what do you want to know? Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I want to know, are the Rams the most complete team in the NFC? Are the Rams the most complete team in the NFC? I will say no, because I think the Saints are the most complete team in the NFC. The Rams are second. I I believe the Rams are second because assuming Breeze comes back. Now, that's a big if. You know what? I mean, here's what I'm going to tell you, Eric. If Breeze doesn't come back, they're all talking about Breeze like he's going to come back. I don't know. He's got 11 broken ribs and a, and a lung. That sounds like I would gather the media around me and announce my retirement in that moment. So is he going to come back from that at 41? I don't know. But he's back for one last shot at this thing. 
So I believe he's going to come back and make a run at it. And if he comes back and he's even remotely healthy, then I believe the Saints are the most complete team. The Rams are second. And the major question mark is the quarterback. Do you trust the quarterback in the big moment? Because they're a much more complete team than the Packers, but the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. They're a much more complete team than the Seahawks, but the Seahawks have Russell Wilson. Do you trust Goff if it comes down to him winning a game for you? Now, of course, he did it in New Orleans in that playoff game in the NFC Championship two years ago. They got the, the assist from the terrible call. We don't need to go over that again. Goff has gotten this team to the Super Bowl, and could he do it again? Heck, yes, he could do it again. So I think they're the second most complete team. And if Breeze is really not okay, then maybe they are the most complete team. It's a good call. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Phil is next. Phil, you're on ESPN Radio. Phil, what do you want to know? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I enjoy your show. Um, so my question's a little strange, but um, I'm a huge Chiefs fan. I could only have dreamt having Mahomes on my team, and it's, it's awesome. Is it crazy to think that uh, whatever's going on in your life that you could ever be in a bad mood with having him on your team? <laughs> For example, uh, you get you you hit a you hit a deer with your car. Uh, your girlfriend leaves you. Your kid gets a D on a test. I don't think you would ever have a bad day ever in your life because you just think, "What do I care? Mahomes is on my team." I love that call, Phil. I absolutely love it. I love the disproportionate significance you place on sports. It's near and dear to my heart because I, you're exactly right. I've I don't know what it would be like. I don't know what it would be like. Like I I spent my I began my career covering the Bulls. The Bulls had Michael Jordan, and I loved being around him, and I loved being around them, and it was a wonderful job. But it wasn't a team that was in my heart and soul. But I know so many people. I get. I met and married my wife. There, I married a Chicago girl. I still half of the closest friends I have in the world are Chicagoans. When Michael Jordan is on your team, if if you live and die with that team, how could you ever have a really bad day? Like things can't be that bad. If you have Mahomes, you're going to be one of the best teams in football for the next 15 years. You get to watch that guy. You're right. What did you do? You have won the lottery. That is, the, that is winning the lottery of sports fandom. It's a perfect spot to leave it. I love that call. Phil, thank you very much. You're right. If you have Patrick Mahomes, you can only be... And you know what? If you have Patrick Mahomes and you're driving this happened to a guy I played golf with last week, he's driving out of the golf club that we both play in, and there's train tracks that go by outside, and he drove over them, and he got two flat tires at once, and, and so he was a little bit bummed out about that, as you would expect. What I would say is, if you got two flat tires, but Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback of your team, life just isn't so bad. All right, as we continue, uh, thank you for all the calls. I really appreciate it. I'm Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, protecting small businesses with specialized coverages for commercial vehicles. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Coming up next, the coach sounds a little like a jerk, but is he right? That's the question. The answer's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. 
That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. The Undefeated presents Tiger Woods, America's Son, this Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. The one-hour documentary examines Tiger Woods' complex racial identity and the meaning of the golfer's success in America. Immediately following its debut, the documentary will be available exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. You can sign up now at ESPNplus.com. Let me update you on two things. I opened the show by telling you about the concern of a very serious situation in Dallas where the Cowboys, who have a short week, they open, uh, they play Thursday at home, of course, the traditional Thanksgiving game against Washington. They canceled their practice and all other activities today, and they said it was a medical emergency that was not COVID-related. Well, that sets off all alarm bells, obviously. They've now released a statement. I'm not going to speculate further. There's a bunch of stuff that's out there online. I'm, I'm not going to touch any of it. I'm just going to read you their statement. Shortly before 7.30 this morning, Dallas Cowboys strength and conditioning coordinator Marcus Paul experienced a medical emergency. He was immediately treated by Cowboys medical personnel, transported to a local hospital by ambulance. As per the Paul family, Marcus is in the process of undergoing further medical tests and additional information will be made available at the appropriate time. The Cowboys players and staff attended a pre-scheduled 8.05 a.m. team meeting this morning. We're told by head coach Mike McCarthy that today's practice would be canceled The organization sends its prayers and support to the Paul family and asks for friends and followers of Marcus, his family, and the team to keep them in their thoughts and prayers. So that's all we know. I I will not offer any other thoughts or speculation. We'll wait and see if there is any further information that becomes available. But I had mentioned it at the start of the show, so I wanted to make sure to, um, to give you the latest update. There is also this news from Shefty. This is more definitive. The Ravens, who also play Thursday, they play Thursday night against Pittsburgh, have now had five players and four staffers test positive for COVID this week. Thursday's night's games again, the Thursday night's game against the Steelers is still on as scheduled, but one source warned that further positives could mean postponing it. So that's where we stand um, with regards to that. We have seen games moved around. We saw one game on a Sunday. You may remember a few weeks ago, Sunday games were flip-flopped. The Sunday night game was flipped. Um, the hours that the games were being played, the windows they were in were flip-flopped in order to protect against the idea that a Sunday night game might not be able to be played. Can't do that on Thursday. They're not taking one of the Sunday games and flexing it to Thursday night. That's not on the list of options. So either the Ravens are going to be able to play in this game, and if they do, they'll be without many of their most important players, the running backs, Ingram and Dobbins, and the two defensive linemen, Brandon Williams and Calais Campbell. So as it is, they're going to be shorthanded if they're able to play. And it's not inconceivable that that game will not be played is what Shefty is telling us. So we'll wait and see. One more thing I wanted to play for you, because this has gotten out of hand now in the ACC. Whether you care much about college football or not is irrelevant. We are living in the middle of a pandemic and decisions are being made every single day inside and outside of sports. Obviously, the overwhelming majority of them outside of sports but are being made based upon protocols and coronavirus considerations. And everyone's health and safety is the first and most important thing. 
So you may have heard by now that Clemson and Florida State, they were supposed to play Saturday, and the game got called off shortly beforehand involving a Clemson-positive test, and they say they passed all the protocols to play anyway, and Florida State wasn't comfortable with it. And one way or another, Dabo Sweeney is furious, the legendary coach at Clemson, furious. And so now when the Clem- when the Florida State coach, Mike Norvell, basically said, look, I-, I don't make these decisions, I just listen to the doctors, Dabo Sweeney has responded with this. You know, listen, I- I'm not really worried much about what they say down there in Tallahassee, uh, that's for sure. You know, I've been in this league 18 years. I've been the head coach here 12. All right. Uh, you know, they've had three head coaches in four years. So decisions that, that they make, uh, you know, I'm not going to worry about advice from Tallahassee. Well, the obvious response to that is what the hell does that have to do with anything? I mean, what does their coaching turnover have to do with whether or not it is safe to play a football game based upon coronavirus protocols? So to me, that's just be- this has become a terrible look for the conference and for the NCAA. And the one piece of advice I would give to the people who are in charge of those are, if everyone looks at a situation and, and has the same reaction, which is, how is this going on? Who's in charge here? If the answer is you, you haven't done your job. It's that simple. If I say, what in the world is going on? Who's in charge here? And the answer is me, I've got a problem. So right now, people are looking at that and they're saying, you've got the coaches of these two high-profile football teams in this conference obliterating each other over serious stuff. I mean, we're talking about serious stuff, whether or not it's safe to play football games in the pandemic. And I don't know who's right and who's wrong, but what I do know is it is in no one's best interest to have one of the two or three highest-profile people in the entire sport be calling them out. And whatever it is, he said, look, you can make up your own mind what you think he sounds like. I think it's, it's a, it just sounds terrible for him to be saying, well, they, they've had three different coaches in four years, so I don't need to listen to what they say. That obviously has nothing to do with this. If we were talking about defensive philosophy, I could see him making that analogy. We're talking about whether or not it's safe to play a football game and whether the protocols were followed appropriately or not. That doesn't really have anything to do with how many coaches they've had in the last four years or how long you've been in the conference. But the bigger point is, this has now become an embarrassment. And again, if everyone is yelling, who's in charge? And the answer is you, you need to do something. And by the time we get back tomorrow, someone better have done something and told these guys, work it out behind closed doors. And in the meantime, stop talking about this out loud because you're making everybody look bad. All right, it's been a wonderful day. Thank you all for being here. See you tomorrow. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.